Everybody that loves the Lord, say amen. amen. Take your Bibles, go to Hebrews 4, and we'll look at chapter 6 as well. Hebrews 4 and 6. Do we have Brother Goins' watch again? Yeah. Pastor broke it last night in the fellowship hall. Okay. Thank you, Brother Ashton. They had a plan. You just messed it up, son. That was brown last night. We're silver tonight. We're moving on up. Finally, got a piece of the pie. Hadn't the Lord been good to us? Hebrews 4 and Hebrews 6. Lord, thank you for Calvary. What you did for us there. Lord, thank you for the Holy Ghost. Help us, Lord. Thank you for loving us. Thank you for breathing on us. Lord, I ask you to do in this assembly what you've done for 2,000 years in the assemblies of your people. Meet with us and we'll thank you for it in Jesus' name. All the Lord's people said, Amen. Amen. Thank the Lord. We had better get past the platform performance trap that our generation went into. You're not supposed to watch church. You're supposed to have church. And you're not supposed to have a bunch of paid staff. Now, the the Levite tribe was supposed to live off the tithes and the offerings that the other, other 11 tribes bring. But our churches have turned into corporations and we have paid staff instead of functioning Christian body parts. I need help right there. Amen. And uh, the church is the most glorious, marvelous, eternal thing. It's the only eternal thing. Do y'all know we're fixing to leave? We are. We are. And uh, I reject all the evolutionists. I think that God's green face of the earth is right here. And he's sitting on the other side of that blue sky. And nobody's dizzy. And he's looking at it. And he's coming to get us in just a moment. I believe that. Because it's so. And the Lord lets us gather in these assemblies. And I have confidence in the Lord that he's not ever left himself without witness in any age. And when... We have to go communist underground church. And all these Sunday morning only Bermuda short, flip flop, whitened teeth, you know, living room, let the pastor's wife give a devotion, co-elders, contemporary mega churches. When they're shut down, which they already are, y'all know that, they already quit having church. That's church for people that don't go to church. And we step out into an hour when these youngins are going to have to operate like Christians in North Korea and communist China and a lot of your Muslim African countries and in the Far East. Thank God some of these youngins are going to know how to sing a song without applause. They're going to know what it is to sing a hymn without having to pick up a book. I need a little help. And our preachers are going to have to know for a verse to be in their heart. Because there's no longer a Bible allowed in their hand. And they don't need 107 heart-like buttons to not go into a Zoloft Prozac depression over the next 48 hours. I need a little help. And I'm not mocking you if 
Oh, the devil is going to have our entire generation numb to their spiritual world by the dope addiction of this hour. I'm not mocking you, and I'm sorry for what Satan's done to our generation. Oh, dear neighbor, somebody better know here in a little while. And you know something about about the Lord? He's always got somebody who does know. You say, well, the churches are going down. Y'all's are. His ain't. He's doing fine. I don't need to hear any stats or surveys or researches. That 87% no longer. Guess what? 87% never did. Help me now. All that psychology, science junk straight out of hell. It belongs in those categories of 1 Corinthians 1, the wise of this world, the wisdom of this world. God's always confounded the wise of this world. The devil's never seen God actually doing what he does. He's seen what he did and tries to stop that again, and God's doing something else. <laughs> Every time I bless the Lord. So it's with joy that we sit here and we don't bring any modern psychology surveys to depress you with and try to fix the church. Church don't need fixing. Yours might, but that's because you got an unregenerated hireling as a pastor. Amen. The Lord's church is always right where he wants it. And if it's not, he gets it there shortly. And I bless the Lord. Don't ever confuse, young men, the judgment on the nations with the condition of the church. (laughs) Hallelujah. Oh, America's going down. Yep. Christianity's not. Why do you think they're the same? You a post-millennialist or you a Roman Catholic? You think the kingdom's already on earth? Are you a Mormon? You need to move to Utah. Think we're ruling and reigning. They can't even give us a good senator, that weird guy. What's wrong with him? Oh, my. Do you have a Bible? Thank the Lord for it. Hallelujah. Mm. Brother Burke, thank the Lord. It's a wonderful thing. We agonized and prayed around here. I've not been here for all of it. I've been here for the parts I'm supposed to be here. But uh, Brother David, Brother Jim, December the 10th, and some of you other men, we sat over in that fellowship hall, about a dozen of us one night, and we asked God, how can we not be a casualty now? Well, Brother Dent, he was a shepherd for the flock. He'd gone to glory. He said, Lord, how can we avoid the graveyard? Hallelujah. Good men agonized. God was merciful. Look at you now. Look at you tonight, church. He's still here. Oh, y'all ain't helping me. He's still here. I bless the Lord. Mm. Seasons. Seasons. What's you there? Hey. You better learn to live seasonally. Everything, there's a season. Oh, and if you're in a bad season, hang on. Due season always comes. Galatians 6 for the new Christians. <laughs> for in due season, you shall reap if you faint not. Tells me fainting's a choice. Mm-hmm. All these helpless victims in the 2023 America. All these helpless little crybaby victims. Quit you. Stand fast in the faith. Be strong. Quit you like men. 
Grow up and act like a man. That's a choice. He said, be strong in the Lord. That must be a command that you can obey. Talk to me. Generation of victims. Be strong. That's a choice. Well, I can't tell him he can. This little thing called prayer that he gave us. Tell him. Hallelujah. I'm feeling quite religious under the old white tent. Thank the Lord. It's been good to us, hasn't it? If you're sitting by somebody you love, lean over and tell them. No, don't tell them. Let's give Brother Dean an offering after the service tonight. Team up together and those sort of things. Work them out. I'm a full-time evangelist. I have no shame and no pride, and I'm hungry. We have needs and a couple of desires, and we're going to ask you to help us. Hebrews 4 and Hebrews 6. Jennifer has told me for years to quit joking about money, but it's, it's, I can't, so sorry. Hebrews 4 verse 1. Let us therefore fear. Y'all trust the Lord to lead me. I've been in a study for a few weeks. There's probably 12 pages in my notebook, maybe with what you'd call 12 studies or 12 messages out of this that are all recent. But when I come up here, I just want to be, obey the Lord. And uh, so it needs to go however God wants it to go. So let's pray and trust the Lord for that, okay? Lord knows what we need every night. I don't know. We don't know. The Lord knows. Let us therefore fear, Hebrews 4.1, lest a promise <coughs> being left us of entering into his rest. Any of you should seem to come short of it. I've been preaching for a few weeks from time to time in the churches on getting in. Underline that little word, entering in. Getting in. In an hour where everybody else is getting out. Would y'all agree that to a great measure and maybe men of God, it might be the apostasy. The great falling away. Uh, But we are in an apostasy. In this land and in this hour and I think across the nations. We are in an apostasy. I need to say something about the difference from when the book of Acts, the church started, and to what we're looking at tonight. There are some parables in Matthew 13, and he said they're going to have some problems. Somebody's going to put some leaven in the lump, and it's going to swell up. Y'all, there's leaven in the lump that never was here. And then he said the problem with that seed and that tree is going to branch out and then, and then the fowl are going to come and rest in the branches. Y'all ain't helping me. And then while men slept, somebody came and sowed tares among the wheat. I need you to understand as you read the book of Acts and even Paul's epistles and even John to the seven churches, as things were getting rolling, they did not have an A to Z list of denominations and doctrines in their phone book. There is the singular, original soul doctrine, and some doctrines not even well developed and fully thought out, like the Trinity. That took two or three hundred years for men to study the New Testament's and, 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 and begin to see the mysteries. And right now, I'm gonna need a good amen right here so I can move on. There's so many black birds in the branches. There's so much leaven puffed up the lump and there's so many wheat among the tares. 
False prophets, false brethren, false teachers, false antichrists are now among us. And most of them's got a Bible of some sort in their hand and a steeple over their head. Y'all ain't helping me. Oh, dear friends, it was bothering me last night. It's still bothering me tonight. And the Lord had to rebuke the wind, but he never rebuked the water. Need to go over that again for some new Christians. He'll never rebuke the word. And the spirit, that's the only thing he'll bless is the word. And the movement of the spirit is the wind. John 3, the wind bloweth. But there are other winds. And some of you, Ephesians 4, are blowed about with every wind of doctrine, every slight of man. Yeah, there are card hustlers from Vegas in pulpits. Slight of hand. Handling the Word of God deceitfully. I had an old preacher come to my uh, parsonage, and I was probably 23. And uh, it was so humbling, and I got down on the carpet with him. But And he said, I need you to lay hands on me. I just preached the Watts night service. Probably only 23, and, and God had breathed, and the Lord broke and blessed. And then that old man of God come to my house and got on his hands and knees. We're talking 70 years of age. And he said, I need you to lay hands on me for this year. He said, I'm just cold, and I don't have, and, and he's actually a wonderful Christian. And I didn't even feel that way about him. He said, I hadn't even got a word this year. And lay hands on me. And I said, I can't. I'm like John the Baptist, the shoelaces. I'm not worthy to mess with your shoes, man of God. He said, let's forget all that. I need help. (laughs) Please lay hands on me. And I did. And I prayed. But then I got under him, Brother David. As soon as I was done, I didn't give him a chance. I hit the floor and crawled under him. I said, now you pray for me. Amen. And you know what he told me that morning before he left? He said, son, I appreciate how you handle the sword. And he showed me that verse that some handle the word deceitfully. Did you know that every time God calls a man to preach, the devil calls two? That's what Oliver Green said. And you know, for every time that a, that a real Bible goes out, the devil makes sure a hundred false ones goes out. Y'all are looking at a preacher that does believe that the King James Bible is the finished product and we're at the end of the church age. I'm not trying to be a smart aleck. I do my word studies in reverse. If I want to know what the Greek or the Hebrew means, I go to the English. That's how much confidence I have in it. Brother Strong was probably a good man, no doubt, but he is not the final authority. And I have no problem with Greek word studies and Hebrew word studies. Brother Josh Adams spent time with my brother Chad. And Chad told him, I don't know if he got it or something, but he said, when it comes to going down and studying Greek and Hebrew, my brother Chad said, we're looking for more, not or. Come on! I was like, I need to call that brother more often right there. <laughs> Used to beat him up, throw him off the hill, king of the hill, till him and Chad and Jonathan got older, and then I didn't want to play that game no more. It was good when they were five. We quit when they turned 16. Oh, more, not or. I have no problem with you digging down in there and some of that Hebrew and some of that Greek and come up with something sweet and nuggets and look at here how they did back then. All that stuff enhances, but it does not correct. And hey! The Greek and the Hebrew is not the definition. You're holding the definition. Now, I understand that in the modern days, the English vernacular has been watered down. Our vocabulary as well as our values have been watered down. 
But the Shakespeare and Elizabethan, God chose that. All roads led to Rome so Paul could take the gospel out of them. And all tongues lead to English so everybody in the world can have a common understanding. Mm. Mm. You got the word of God in your hands. That's not the best translation for the English speaking people. That's the word of God for the world in these last days. Now that keeps me out of the big conferences and the big ships and the big movements, but it keeps me with the church. Man said, we'll give you $30,000 for three days. It'll be you, David Jeremiah, John MacArthur, and Charles Stanley. And he said, this is the owner of the cruise lines, and this is the man who uh, runs the meetings. And that's what we want you for. We went to Cracker Barrel, and I said, I will be mentioning that the King James Bible is the only Bible on this ship. And they said, we'll pay for this Cracker Barrel ticket as we all go our separate ways. And I said, that'll be fine. I'm heading somewhere to a little town, seven miles out of that town, a little feller trying to win somebody to Jesus. Me and him will keep doing what they've been doing for 2,000 years. Get on your boat, which are, cruises are made for pleasure, not for Christianity. I need a little help right there. Oh, dear neighbor. We've got the Bible in our hands. And I went to school with that boy, and that was the little inroad. We went to school together, and he was, he had scholarships. He was 6'3", good looking, much like me. That's what I told him. We were so much alike. He never saw that. And, uh, <laughs> and, uh, and then after they all left, he said, Dane, don't you know there's 30, 30, I think he said 36,000 mistakes in the King James Bible. Why did you throw that away? And I said, friend, it was just me and him. And you know why the reason some of y'all have to talk so big in public? Because you never have a private talk because you ain't got the backbone to have a private talk. You ever have a private talk, you can talk about Jesus and a lot of the public stuff. And I said, you've been my friend, but I don't know you anymore. And I said, you came out of Bobby Robertson's in Walkertown, North Carolina, and you're supposed to stink and know better than going for the money and the popularity. And I said, I'm still your friend, but I don't know where we stand. Amen. Oh, my. Oh, my. I got a Bible in my hand. And I don't want to come short of getting in in an hour where everybody else is getting out. They're getting out of the Bible. They're getting out of the church. I'm not going to say this loud or hostile or arrogant or provokingly. It's a very sad thing when so many of my friends and all the boys in the generation below us Go contemporary so quick because that is the wind that's blowing. And they have to turn their back on the men that signed their ordination papers. And they can no longer schedule those men to come to their places. They have to get new friends who have new Bibles. And they have a new language. And they usually get new music and new hair and new countenances. And they get newfound success. But I ain't made it to my... Measure of success yet. That's the day that my daughter sang about. Oh, what a morning. And if he looks at me and says, well done. Be honest, if he just smiles a little and says, Dean, good. I'll be all right for the rest of eternity. Hallelujah. Oh, my. I agree with Brother Adam's mother-in-law. Modest dress, that's easy. Ladies, you know the only way that's not easy is if you want to go naked. 
or if you want to go rebellious. That's the only way it's not easy. Why do you mothers and fathers struggle with it? You don't want to cover your daughters? Are you kidding me? You don't want to cover your daughters. Oh, dear neighbor. Where are the men? Where are the godly ladies? Mm. And I wonder, I'm from the old-fashioned crowd. I'm from the old-fashioned, I'm from the old school. I wonder if 30 years from now, God's going to let some men know how it felt when somebody calls them a Pharisee. Because they say it's wrong for a man to wear a dress. <laughs> Anyhow. Hebrews 4 verse 1. Let us therefore fear. Lest the promise being left us of entering in. Entering in. Why would you be talking about these things? This apostasy has also to do with losing your clothes. In that Bible, the first thing happened. The first sin man was aware of was nakedness. And it's the first sin God dealt with was nakedness. I need a little help in here. Oh, dear time. Getting in in an hour where everybody else is getting out. Some of them out of their clothes. Out of their own gender identity. You better believe they're both involved. Them old men of God that raised us, Brother David, they saw something coming in the 60s and 70s. And this is what they saw, the transgender movement. Oh, dear neighbor. Now, I want you to go to chapter 6 and verse 1. There's another part to this study. I believe it's helping me now. I'm not good at exactly quoting my Bible. Uh, leaving. How's the verse start? Leaving, therefore, the principles of the doctrine of Christ, let us go on unto perfection. Now, I, I was wanting to shout it out tonight, but as we move through the song service, the Lord made it plowing weather. So that's good. I like plowing weather. Amen. And uh, that perfection is not sinless perfection. It simply means the fullness of maturity. There's some great preachers in this room tonight. Me and you, help me with this. Preach it yourself. I'm having a struggle, Brother Reese, developing it fully. But this perfection has something to do. It's the finished work of maturity. I tie it right in, Pastor Burke, with James 1. But let patience have her perfect work, that she may be perfect and entire, wanting nothing. And I think in the same chapter, definitely the same passage, if you've offended the law in one, you've broken the whole thing. And uh, so we're not talking about sinless perfection. Maybe there's a, a young preacher here. And uh, boys, you're only allowed to shout off the top of your heart and preach off the top of your head for about two years. After that, please study. You're wearing us out. And the longer you study, the shorter you'll preach. Until you get old and you lose all control of everything. And then you'll preach all night. Sammy Allen, Ron Garris, ding, ding, ding. And uh, sometimes you got to confess your faults one to another. I, it don't bother me to preach all night. I wonder why Americans don't like church. That's my deal. Amen. But, uh, oh, dear time. For you young preachers, the Pentecostal movement is a recent thing. It come from the it come from the Catholics, as did the Calvinists. The Calvinists came from the Catholics, and almost the Calvinists gave us a Catholic. Saint Augustine, year three hundred, right? Well, a little was he a little earlier, brother Augustine, right in there, and the fatalism of Augustine joined in with the philosophy of the Greeks. And and the Catholics had them one of their first fathers, and Calvinism was bred in the DNA of the beginnings of Roman Catholicism in 315 and 325. That Catholic Church, she may not be the mother of abominations of the whole earth, Revelation, but oh, she's her oldest daughter and the bossy daughter. 
And she's the harlot church. Catholicism gave us Calvinism. You didn't get it from Paul or John or Jesus. And then Catholics gave us the Charismatics. John and Charles Wesley protested their way out of the Roman Catholic Church. Everybody, and, and uh, Brother Langston, you correct me if there's any details here. Some of you older men, correct me if there's any. They ain't never been nobody protesting their way out of the Roman Catholic Church, except they're always drawn and end up going back to their mother harlot. That's why the Methodist Church, two miles from my house, has got their second woman pastor. And when I see her mowing grass out there, you better believe this old-time preacher has a hard time not pulling in the parking lot and getting in the flesh. My wife's the only reason it ain't happened. Because <laughs> I ain't going to sit under that woman. I'll sit under my wife and do what she said and go on the hardest. Yes, ma'am. Yes, ma'am. Dean, don't you dare. Yes, ma'am. I don't believe in submitting to a woman pastor, but yes, ma'am. I'll go on down the road. You got, you got to know the moment, boys. You got to know the moment. Well, hallelujah. And the Wesleyan Methodists got to feel alike. They wasn't feeling saved enough. And they got to hunting sinless perfection. The problem was they was trying to have it in the flesh. And they already had it in the Lord. They're already in Christ, and Christ is in them, but they were looking for something that you could see and feel in the flesh. I'm going to say something to y'all. I'm already sinlessly perfect in Christ, in Him, in another world. Over yonder, I'm in Christ, and it's already done. My sins are gone. But down here, I'm being conformed into His image daily by the Spirit of the Lord. One of these days, and Milton Taylor, a handful of us got to sit under him. Oh, if you ever needed to hear Romans 6, 7, and 8, you got to get one of America's greatest preachers right out of our own South Georgia. Oh, and you'll have to listen through the lisp, but there will be so much God. And our buddy down the road in Sylvester wrote the song, I am not what I am, but I'm already what I'm going to be. Amen. Amen. I am not what I am. That's earthly condition. But here comes eternal position. But I'm already what I'm going to be. How did we ever get such a thing by somebody who understands that time and eternity exist together? And over yonder, I'm in Christ. And I already am. But down here, Christ is in me. And He's bringing me along to where I already am. And one of these days, I'll be beside myself. I'll have to stand up and move over from where I can sit down, where I've been seated all these times. Y'all ain't helping me. You say, I can't believe two worlds at the same time. Well, they're there. Well, I can't believe he's in two worlds at the same time. Well, you are. Because he is. And in a little while, one of these sides of the arrangements is closing down. Guess which one? Be here is going over there. Mm. This is not the sinless perfection that the Wesleyan holiness people tried to start looking for in the 1900s. And that came about, seeking for that junk, came about with all the new Bibles coming about. And it came about with the turn of the century. And it came about with two world wars that would set up the land for the people and the people for the land. And Jesus getting ready to come to his Jews. Oh, dear neighbor, the Catholics gave us the charismatics. And they are looking for that second work of grace. Got news for you. The Lord does further works of grace, but there ain't such a thing as you needing a second work of grace. I need a little help. 
There was one Calvary, that's all you'll ever need. Hebrews 9, but now once in the end of the world hath he appeared to put away sin by the sacrifice of himself for others. Once. And there's only one Pentecost. The Holy Ghost was given to the church one time. Never needed to be given again. But oh, he likes coming along in our meetings just like this week and pouring out a good dose of it. Hallelujah. He'll pour that blood out tonight on a sinner. For a man say he no longer pours out the Spirit, you might as well tell me he'll never pour out the blood again. Oh, he offered it up once. He set the Holy Ghost down once. Blood once. Holy Ghost once. But if a sinner runs tonight, he's going to pour the blood on him. And if we get in here in his name, he's going to pour the Holy Ghost on us. It's done happen. Sorry if you're against it. It's too late. Hallelujah. Now, let me see how y'all are doing. I like your watch better than Goins's. His goes so fast. This one's going slower. Appreciate that. Amen. Yeah, that watch is used to the banjo. Pick it, pick it, pick it, that watch is like, yeah. That's is more of a slow, chilled barbecue man. His watch is like, yeah. My exhortation is this. Simple exhortation. I think I can do it in just a couple of moments. Learning to go on in an hour where everybody else is going back. Underline it in Hebrews 6 1. Let us go on. Learning to go on in an hour where most folks seem to be going back. Brother Adams, we, we minister together a lot. Well, God's give him a message in recent days, real recent days, on Ruth and Orpah. And how Orpah, she went back. I almost request to hear it this week, Pastor, but the Lord will tell you after the evangelist suggested it, then the the Lord, it was, you know, yeah, I'm laying a foundation work for the Holy Spirit to move there. you do whatever you feel like, you and your happy socks there, Pastor, but we'll, we'll, uh, yes, sir. If you're gonna wear them and then flash them in front of the whole blessed congregation, you're a brave man's what you are. Learning to go on in an hour where everybody else seems to be going back. Can I say something to all the young people? Well, what a good host of young people. Didn't my girls do good singing? I'm going to be the opposite of the guy that tries to, you know. No, that was awesome. (laughs) Yeah, I'm telling you. Oh, it's great girls. They do it for the Lord. Amen. They've only learned because of their mama, because I run through practice time and put on skits and anyway, get run out of the room and stuff. (laughs) Oh, young people! I wish you wasn't, but you're going to, and I almost don't know how you avoid it in your generation. I even do some of it. You're looking at social media. I wish you wasn't, but that's the world you're in. I wish you'd move away from it. I don't know how to shut it off. I end up looking at, uh, I get my news off Twitter. <laughs> don't tell nobody. I've, I've turned on Fox since they turned on the big blonde. I'm done with them. Amen. Kill that Fox. It, amen. It needs a blonde wig, Fox does. Well, youngins, about everything you're going to see on there is going to pull you to the world. It's going to pull you back to your sins. It'll pull you in with the wrong crowd. There's almost, I, I don't know what's on, I don't guess there's anything on social media. F- Facebook, it used to be MySpace and then Facebook and now everybody's uncle and grandma's talking on Facebook so the kids are, I guess, in Instagram. I hope you're not on Snapchat. Delete it if you are. It's right out of hell. 
It's a conveyor of nakedness and lust. And a way to hide it from your parents. Don't even be on Snapchat. Don't even mess with it. And TikTok, there's three Chinese communists writing down your social security number every time you make a TikTok. And they'll be sending you stuff shortly. If they ain't already. But everything you look at on there is going to pull you. And you're the most awful influence. Brother Jordan, you work with a few hundred kids. And do you know the most awful thing on the social media? It's not Hollywood. It's not the worldly kids. It's not the drinkers and the dopers. It's all the Christian kids that are secretly rebels. But on social media, they're not secret rebels. And these kids have to look at other kids sing and have to watch other kids in church and knowing how wicked they put stuff out all last week. And then they wink, wink, nod, nod at each other. And there's a thousand uh, ungodly kids that raised in church pulling on two godly kids. And that peer pressure. Brother Rusty preached this morning on them three Hebrew boys standing in the midst of a generation where nobody else would. Of course the heathen wasn't going to stand, but what about all them other fellow Jews? They bowed. Oh, youngins, all the thing I got to tell you. We can't get rid of social media just like we couldn't get rid of television. And you can't get rid of rock music. When it gets here, it's here. But you can get rid of everything in your heart that is not loyal to the Lord. And if you don't want to, you ain't going to. And not me, nor him, nor him, nor him can get you to want to. But if you ever get a glimpse of him, you'll want to. And you'll love him with all your heart. And then you young people will do something like this, Brother Jody. Amen. They'll quit dressing like they're looking for a bar room fight. And they'll come down to the house of God on the front row. They'll sit with singers and preachers and evangelists and deacons. Amen, Nick. Amen. You stay with God, boy. You know we're praying for the other one. Stay with God. Show him how to get back. Be there when he gets back. Oh, they do stuff like, I want to go on the front row. I want to get under the spout. Oh, where honey and oil and warm milk and the sweet things of Christ come. Oh, my. Let me try to sum this up. There's such preaching in here this week. I never got to my message last night. I had two things. Never never touched it. When I began this study, I said, Lord, how am I going to preach this to God's people? Getting in. In an hour where everybody's getting out. Going on! In an hour where everybody's going back. The Lord said uh just like the writer of Hebrews. And let me tell you exactly who wrote Hebrews. Right exactly when I can explain Judas Iscariot and John the Baptist and Cain. And Melchizedek. When I get that little book finished, I didn't. Okay, I'll tell you then. I'll tell you then. The writer of Hebrews. He went to their heroes. In chapter 2 he mentioned Abraham. I think it's verse 16. In chapter 3, he mentions Moses several times. In chapter 4, he mentions David in verse 7. And in chapter 5, he mentions Aaron. Y'all ain't helping me. In Hebrews, look at it when you go home tonight. Somebody preached three introductions and now he can't show you this. Abraham's mentioned in chapter 2. I didn't really know this until I got to digging. Moses comes in chapter 3. David comes in chapter 4. And Aaron's in chapter 5. Let's just push pause 30 seconds 
and shout over the fact that look who God had in front of him. Abraham, the father of the faith. Moses, the giver of the law. David was their king. Aaron was their high priest. Guess what? I couldn't find nobody in chapter 1. God wanted to talk about one thing, his son. That's all he wanted to talk about in chapter 1. And I need to quickly say that don't tell me about Abraham, Moses, David, and Aaron. I don't want to hear about your father, your king, your priest, your hero, your favorite evangelist, better be me, your favorite singer. I don't want to hear none about them until I hear all about Jesus. And then them guys come in line just to do a service. It's got to be Christ first. But here's my thought. How did Abraham go on? From Genesis 12 to 25, boy, he had to learn to go on. How did Moses go on? Boy, he had to learn how to go on, didn't he? He had 40 years, Dana Williams said. Moses had 40 years of I can. Everything that Egypt had to offer. He took things in his own hand, tried to deliver the Israelites. Then he had 40 years in the backside of the desert, a fugitive, an outlaw after murdering that man. When the Lord showed up then, he said, I I can't even talk, much less anything. And I got my little family, and I got my little retirement, and I got my little job, and we're done. Daniel Williams said, that was 40 years of I can't. But then a bush caught on fire. (laughs) And I am started talking. And I am said, I ain't worried about your past and you ought not worry about your future because I am is here. Brother Dana said that next 40 years of deliverance from Egypt and Red Sea and wilderness. He said, it was 40 years of I can in his own flesh. 40 years of I can't in his own flesh. But then 40 years of I am. (laughs) Don't you reckon through all that he had to learn? There were some days it was hard to go on. And King David, I'm not going to preach it tonight no more than I should. I'm not going to preach it. David, we get to watch him from a little boy all the way up to an old king. And did he not have a lot of colorful chapters? The man had to learn how to keep going on. I was sitting one night on purpose by an old preacher from Mississippi, LaVon Boatner. If you know that preacher, lift your hand up, LaVon Boatner. Amen. I was a young pastor outside of Jacksonville. They were having a camp meeting on the west side with John Mitchell and LaVon Boatner. And I'm like 23 and I drive over there and I find Brother Boatner and I get right next to him. I'm a very annoying pest in the kingdom of God. I am. I am. And... uh I got right under him, and I just was quiet. I just wanted to watch him and hear him. And this old feller got up, Ashton, and he, and he said, I'm going to preach out of a color book tonight. And he, a lot of you around mission fields and Sunday schools have seen the color book, the gospel in color, you know. But this was a little different. It was big. It had several colors. And right in the middle of it was a black page. And this particular preacher just had, in the last five years, a terrible moral failure. And thank God he repented and was being restored. And they even had him on staff at one of the larger churches serving God. But he held that book up. And that black page. Don't we all have a black page? Most of us. And he, brother David, he ripped that black page out, shredding it, and carried on. I wished all this. And old brother Boatner next to me said to himself, "I was just listening." 
He said, I wish he'd have left it in there. It sure made all them other colors brighter. You know you're a man of God when you do more preaching, whispering to yourself than the guy carrying on for an hour. Fantastic. Hallelujah. Oh, my. David had a page with Bathsheba and Uriah. He had so many lovely pages till then. And guess what? He had some lovely pages after. I was in a preacher's fellowship one morning. And a man, he's a good man. He's a, he's a good man. And I, I marvel sometimes how some good men have just not read their Bible. I mean, and I'm not trying to be funny. But he was in Psalm 38, I think, and some verses there. And he said, David paid for his sin and he died lonely and loathsome and Loins filled with a sore disease and, and, and he, and he was going on and on. And thank God I was raised under preachers and teachers and the Bible. And they called on me next. And I wasn't ugly to him. Uh, we're friends to this day. And it's a sweet fellowship. Do you know you can deal with things in a sweet atmosphere if you're a sweet Christian? I'm going to say something right here and remind me to go back to my story in a minute about how David died. I'm going to slip a little in here to help some of y'all. When you're dealing with people that are wrong and they're in a wrong situation, they're in the wrong spirit, I don't care how right you deal with it, it ain't going to go well. All right, you're just looking at me and maybe you're soaking. Good, God's good people are very tender-hearted, and they will blame themselves till the day they die for a lot of things that it was not their fault. They were doing their best to be biblical, but when you're messing with folk who are in a wrong spirit and in a wrong way and in a wrong thing, you could come at it from any angle you want to. It ain't going to go well. It ain't going to turn out right. And then they acted that way so long, they're going to go ahead and, and let you blame yourself. And it was not your fault. Now, that took a few decades of working with people to start to figure that out. Jesus kissed Judas and he went out anyway and betrayed him. Called him friend. He called Simon Satan and they never had one verse where they had to figure things out. Called him Satan in front of everybody. Jesus never apologized, and Simon never had a six-month absentee where he had to just get work through some things. It was just the next verse, and we kept going. And Simon never asked, hey, what that mean? And Jesus never told him. Some of you would still be making it trouble today. Won't you just go be quiet and go on with the Lord? And if He don't say nothing else, you don't say nothing else. Go on with God. Things are not going to go well when the other party's not right. Why do you think nobody was in the hog slop trying to deliver the prodigal? They all knew He had to come to Himself. Y'all are hauling your prodigals back to your preachers and acting like the preacher needs them. It's His fault. Or you're hauling your preachers to your prodigals to the hog slop and then blaming the preacher for not cleaning up all the slop. I need a little help in here. Well, I stood, and it's a sweet spirit, and that preacher was an old, he was a sweet man. And he didn't get upset at me, and I wasn't upset at him, but I said, brother, in front of all the preachers, and we had a sweet fellowship. I said, it says here that King David died in a good old age, full of riches and honor and glory. You can have some pretty pages after that black page. 
You know what that old preacher did, Brother David? He looked at me and he looked and he found the verse. And he's out there and he's saying, you're right. Boy, we need a truckload of that. We need a truckload of that. An older preacher that could put up with a younger preacher. At the time, I didn't have enough sense to talk to him after the service. But I think the Lord wanted me to say it in front of everybody because it discouraged some people. He didn't know how bad they were and they were discouraged. They thought they might have to die bad. <laughs> you ain't got to die bad. <laughs> if you get right with God, you can die good. Amen. Even if you did bad. Yeah. If you did bad, you can die good. If you repent. This sermon went where it went. That's the man. Saul. No, it was the people. And and let me bargain with you. And, and there's a reason. And we had an excuse. And it was their fault. And can I please keep this? That man fell on his own sword. And his sons had to also. But there's the man. I have sinned. Period. No bargaining. No negotiating. No blaming others. No whining. No manipulation. No games. No passive aggressive post on Facebook for a year. Just, I have sinned. And the man had just said, God's going to kill you and take everything away. And the man said, Lord's not going to kill you, and he's not even going to take the kingdom. There'll be a sword in your house, but there'll be a scepter in your hand. Going on. Going on. Going on. And there's Aaron. There's Aaron. He had learned to go on. Well, we're going to do a little Bible plowing now. Aaron messed up early in his ministry. He's the one who conducted the gold calf service. He wasn't the pastor. Pastor's up on the mountain with God. Moses is up on the mountain with God. The people persuaded Aaron up and they had a gold calf service. Let's go a little deep right here. Yeah, Aaron was at fault. But God didn't call Aaron. Not originally. God called Moses. Moses said, i got to have Aaron. Y'all are going to hurt people by dragging them into something that God ain't called them into. And making them take your place when that's your place. And that man couldn't handle that day because that wasn't his church, it wasn't his crowd, it wasn't his call. God did not come off that mountain and kill Aaron. Y'all talk to me. A lot of times, oh, that guy, oh, yeah, but the man over him. Huh? Well, what's wrong with the man over him? Probably what the man over him did. What the man over him taught him. Oh, y'all ain't helping me. Y'all ain't helping me. Aaron backslid for a few, uh, how long? I don't know, a day, a few days. Moses backslid for 40 years. Neither one of them was worth shooting. <laughs> that Bible just tells the truth. We're the one that idolize and I need a word heroize. <laughs> make a hero out of somebody. We're the ones that make gods of men. 
Aaron was drug into something he didn't, he didn't ask for and God didn't ask for him. I want to ask you all a question. How in the blessed tall hill of beans did that man who run the gold calf service become the high priest to carry the blood in? Let me break my question down a little bit. How could God use a sorry guy in the ministry? <laughs> we can get ticky-tacky with anybody. And there are some men that lose their ministry in this, and God takes it from them. And you can't fix that. When God puts a man in a shelf, and God uh, and a man makes a shipwreck, only God can bring him off of there, and God sometimes don't. That ain't our business to say who should and who shouldn't. There are some instances the church has to be scriptural and has to say some things shouldn't be. My little spoiled uh, social media generation don't like that. They want to live by the wind, not by the water. They want all feelings and no Bible. But when it comes to God's preachers, you just kind of need to stay out of that. We don't know who the man over here and what he put in him. How did he ever get to be the man that carried the blood in the holy place? Well, let me go back up again. How did me and you ever get to go in the holy of holies with blood? He knows. He knows me. Aren't you glad you wasn't living when he was writing the Bible? I'd hate for all my stuff to be out there. So I'd rather just thank God that he... That he lets us stay on the throne and sometimes and lets us go in the holy place sometimes. Oh, Aaron. I got so many things I'm telling myself that I need to bring in here, but God's taking the message right where he wants it. I'm going to close on this little thought. Learn to go on. God killed Aaron's two boys. On opening day of church. They offered strange fire. Y'all look here. They offered strange fire. God killed his two boys. You know what Aaron did that day? Boy, he's on an up curve, Brother Lamance. The Bible says that Aaron turned in his papers and said, I'm going to quit church for three years and I'm going to tell everybody how our family was hurt. Huh? Oh, that ain't what happened. Aaron said, I gave my boys to God and God killed my boys. Yeah, they didn't do it quite right, but God... So we're not going to serve God no more. Nope. I'll tell you what the King James Bible said, but Aaron held his peace. And he brought his other two boys in and said, pick up where your brother's messed up. Let's go. And kept with God. (laughs) You going to be able to keep going on with God? Abraham lost two sons. Ishmael, he had to kick out. Isaac, he had to offer up. You got to keep Isaac. Moses had two boys, and a father left his two sons to go deliver God's people. And after it was all done, the father-in-law, Jethro, brought them back to him. I knew another father and a son that had a separation to go get a people. A lot of people want to tell me how to run my ministry. You might better just run yours. If you see mine get out of the Bible, then push it back in. Other than that, you kind of be careful how you tell everybody. 
He's in an elite club. God had two sons. One he had to kick out of the garden of fellowship, and the other he had to put up on a cross. There's a certain man had two sons. Oh, we. Let us learn to go on for God. After we mess up, after people mess us up, after God's people mess us up, after we mess up God's people. Oh, y'all know I could preach another three hours on how Abraham had to learn to go on, on how Moses had to learn to go on, how David had to learn to go on, how Aaron had to learn to go on. Let us go on. And here's the little thing that I'd like for you men to help me with. Let's go on under perfection. Let's go on under the finish. Dalton, Ashton, you young men, maybe you write me a sermon right here. I can't get it together, Brother David, but let's go on to the finish line. Hebrews 11. Let's go on to the finish land where our work will be done. And there's a finished luster. There's a shine and a sheen when they finish in that fine furniture and then they polish it. <laughs> Them old saints have got that glow. They got that finished luster. Oh. Brother David, the piano, please. Bow your head, folks. Let's all stand.